Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and diagnosed with IgA nephropathy in 2021. So it's been a while since I've had my last podcast, and I am sorry about that, guys. I know a lot of you have reached out to me and asked if I'm going to be doing them again, and yes, I definitely want to. This is a a passion project of mine. I, I love doing the podcasts. I love getting to hear all of the different stories of my fellow IBD warriors. And so, yes, I am going to do these again. And this is just a solo cast today. So I'm going to, I figured this is a great way to get back into it, make sure all the equipment is working and uh, just kind of get my feet wet again. So this past year, I haven't had that many podcasts. Uh, We all know it's been a pandemic and you would think that because I'm working at home, you would think I have all the time in the world and I could just you know, whip out some podcasts real quick. But uh, what I do, not many of you guys know this, but I do communications and marketing for a private school. And so normally my workload is pretty busy anyways. But then since the pandemic, uh, you know, you can imagine communications has been quite busy over the past year, year, you know, year and a half almost, but, you know, over a year now. So it's been busy and let's just, you know, suffice it to say that my workload has been well over 40 hours a week and just sitting at the computer all day. So it's been a little bit tricky and exhausting to to go ahead and continue to sit at the computer and do the podcast. I've really had to be careful about balancing what I can handle, what my body can handle, how my health can handle that. I know that's something that a lot of us really have a hard time doing is putting ourselves first and taking the rest when we need it and just taking a step back. And so I've kind of done that just because my body needed it. Um, I've been exhausted. Um, I feel like I've, you know, walked the line of a flare up here and there and I've had to be careful. So, so now I'm, I'm back and I'm going to jump back in. I want to give you guys a little bit of a peek into what's been going on in my life and with Crohn's and my health and my kidney biopsy. So I thought I would start off my podcasts again by by giving you this solo cast and sharing a little bit about what has been on my mind, um, how my health has been doing and, you know, where Crohn's is at. So I mentioned just a minute ago that I had a kidney biopsy and in my new intro, I said, uh, you know, I'm still a fitness fanatic. However, uh, you know, things change and life adjusts. I still, you know, am a fitness fanatic. Uh, however, I've had to adjust what I do. And so in the intro, I said that I'm now diagnosed with IG nephropathy as of 2021. So yes, in January, I had a kidney biopsy and it was a pretty scary thing. Scary in the sense that I was nervous. I was just anxious. I didn't really know what to expect other than I knew that a needle would be going into my back and I would be awake and they would be taking a sample of my kidney. So 
I was a little apprehensive for that, but I knew I was in good hands. Um, I have a phenomenal doctors. I go to a phenomenal hospital. Many of you know, I go to the VA hospital because I'm a veteran and I get absolutely phenomenal care um, at Audie Murphy. So I can't say enough about them. So I had the biopsy in January and it actually, it was not as bad as I was expecting it to be. <laughs> so I had, uh, you know, they numbed up my back. I got good medications. I was awake, so it was weird. It was just strange, but uh, I didn't feel anything other than the initial shot of lidocaine. And then they took the biopsy and they sent it off and it came back exactly what my nephrologist and I thought it was going to be. So he had suspected IgA nephropathy, which is it's an autoimmune form of kidney disease. And so basically my immune system is everybody's immune system creates these immunoglobulins. So for me, I guess all my immunoglobulins are getting stuck together and then they get stuck in all of the kidney filters. And that's what's damaging all those teeny tiny filters in the kidney and making my kidney function decline. So it's a long process and it's just kind of a, a wait and see. It, the good news is that mine does not look like it's aggressive. So that's good in the sense that um, you know, I'm not looking at dialysis immediately. That would be another scary thing, but it's still there. And so now it's kind of a wait and see what happens. Maybe over 10 years, it continues to decline. Maybe it takes 20 and maybe that's when I end up on dialysis or maybe there's a chance that it just stays where it is and nothing has to happen. So that's, you know, it's been interesting because I I knew that that's what we were expecting and I was okay with the diagnosis and it is what it is. And so I've been, I've been okay with that. And so now I'm taking Losartan. So it's a blood pressure medication. And what it does is, is it dilates the veins that come out of the kidney. And so it helps for more of the, I guess, the blood and protein to pass through without spilling. So that was one of the big red flags, I guess, on my recent lab work that I've been having done is that my in my urine, there was protein. So I was starting to spill protein. I have been spilling blood for a long time in my urine, but I guess it's not a big deal if all you have is you're just spilling a little bit of blood. Then, you know, that may not necessarily indicate anything bad over time. But it's when that protein starts to show up that really raises the concern. So that's when we ended up doing the biopsy just to make sure we knew what was happening. Because once you know, then you know how to treat it. Uh, you know what you're dealing with. So I'm taking Losartan. And I say that because, you know, I get asked a lot about why I chose to come off medications for my Crohn's disease. And that was a choice that I really, I don't advocate one way or the other. I think, you know, IBD is very individual. And if there's one thing I've learned from doing all of these podcasts is that every one of us has such a unique story and such a unique path that this disease takes us on that there is no one right answer. And nothing stays the same. I mean, this this journey of IBD is a constant guessing game. And we're always wondering what's around the next corner. 
So I mentioned I'm taking Losartan, so I'm technically on medications again, but I'm on, it's a medication for my kidneys and the IgA nephropathy. But people ask about why I don't, why I'm not taking medications for Crohn's disease. And that was a very, a decision that I put a lot of thought into. And I'm certainly willing to go back on medication if my Crohn's disease flares up again and things get serious. I've been really lucky, knock on wood, that for the last few years, I've been able to control my symptoms. And in hindsight, you know, honestly, I don't know if that's really just luck. That's just the current situation that I'm in. And, you know, every day I'm almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, I've had Logan Crumrine on a couple of times. And his story, his journey really sticks with me. He's always in the back of my mind because if you recall from his story, he went about 20 years just with no symptoms and his Crohn's was quiet. And we fall into that, you know, a lot of us fall into that trap where it feels like I don't have Crohn's anymore. <laughs> but, uh, and it's, we forget that we have it sometimes. And, and he went 20 years and he didn't have any symptoms and he just lived his life. And then, bam, Crohn's decided it was time to flare up again. And it ended up being so bad that he filed for disability. And that was a long process. And that's what the second podcast I did with him was about, was all about filing for disability and, and that process in, in his journey. So in the back of my head, I'm always wondering, you know, what am I doing with my Crohn's and how much, how much of what I'm doing is really helping? How much of it is just chance and luck that this is, I'm okay right now, but at any, you know, at any minute, things could change. And I recognize that and I accept that. And so when people ask me why I'm not on medications right now, it's, it's pretty much because I'm in remission and I'm able to control my symptoms. And that could change tomorrow. I mean, it could change tonight. <laughs> Many of us know how quickly this disease came on the first time. So we just, we never know, but I'm okay with the not knowing and I'm okay with where I'm at now. And I'm certainly willing to go back on medication if that needs to be where I'm at. And so I want, I want everyone to know that, you know, there's a lot of voices, there's a lot of opinions out there, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things for ways to control their IBD and some things are helping, you know, and some things don't. And so it's, I think it's important for each and every one of us to remember that our journey is unique and we're all going to be doing what is right for our own selves. And so if you're on medication, I think that's wonderful and it is helping so many people. And I want that to be a positive thing. If you're not on medication and you're doing well, that's also a wonderful thing and that's exciting. But no matter where you're at on that spectrum, I want you to always keep a doctor <laughs> in your back pocket. Um, that's one of the things that when people ask me, you know, how did I go off my medications? I communicated with my doctor every step of the way and I still communicate with my doctors. And, you know, I've been fortunate to have amazing physicians, gastroenterologists throughout this whole process. I've had a few different ones because, you know, sometimes 
physicians move away or we have to be switched to another one. And so I've had a few, but I've all had, all of them have been incredible people, incredible physicians. And I've been very upfront with them about, you know, what I'm doing with my diet, if there's supplements I'm taking and how I want to come off medication and that I'm also willing to go back on if that is the case. And so I see my doctor at least once a year, just a regular checkup. I do the, I still get my colonoscopies every two years. I have one coming up next month. So that's always an exciting time. <laughs> and uh, so I've got, you know, the colonoscopies on schedule, uh, the calprotectin tests. Many of you have probably done those. My doctor orders those at least once a year. And that's basically a fun stool sample you get to do and take in, but they're able to check inflammation levels. And so that's the important thing is just making sure that wherever you're at in your journey, that you have the support network that you need, that you're monitoring all aspects of your disease and making the, the decision that's right for you. So I kind of went off on, I don't know, a tangent there. I'm just, this is what happens when I just start talking to myself and I don't really have any uh, uh, guidance for my own questions here. But I wanted to say all that because, you know, having this diagnosis of IgA nephropathy has just, it's really reminded me that my body is still fighting itself every single day. And so even though my Crohn's might be quiet, well, in the background, my kidneys have been fighting their own battle. So, you know, my body is, it's fighting whether I recognize it or can see visible signs of it. It's fighting. And I think that's important to remember in a disease like IBD, where we go into periods of remission and then we have periods of flare-ups. So it's, it's always this up and down journey. And I know a lot of us struggle with that because the highs can be so high and then we're feeling great and then all of a sudden a flare-up comes and it just takes us right back down to the bottom and and it's hard. It's very depressing sometimes. It's an emotional roller coaster. And so when you go through those, just remember that you're not alone. You know, we go through all those things together. Some of you know if you watch my Instagram, I posted a, a another post a few months ago. So apparently another issue I have is hydrogenitis suppurative, I think is how you pronounce it. And I didn't even know it was a thing. But when I was ever since I was a teenager, I used to get these cysts that would develop under my armpits, and they would just become infected. And they were cysts and painful and terrible. And, and apparently my mom got them too, when she was younger, which I didn't realize until just recently, I was telling her about this. But I guess it's another, it is just another immune malfunction, I guess. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that that decided to pop up right when my, all of my kidney labs were looking like they were climbing. And so a lot of things kind of happened at once, but that's calmed down. And uh, my kidney stuff, we're watching it uh, on the medication. So doing what I can there and Crohn's, I'm just taking that day by day and We'll see what happens next. So right now I'm I'm controlling the symptoms, but one of the things my doctor, and I have a phenomenal doctor. I've had her for about a year. 
she's young. She's got a lot of energy. She's so knowledgeable. She's an IBD specialist. And every time I talk with her, she's just so eager to share information with me. And I love that in, in having a doctor that's like that. I think it's a partnership. And so if, if you don't have that with your doctor, I, I want you to find that because having that communication to really feel like you have a team member with you is so important. And so I tell her everything that I'm doing, um, you know, my exercise, what I'm eating, the supplements I'm taking. I tell her everything and, and she listens and she shares the knowledge that she has. And one of the things that she reminds me and she reminded me this past time is that even though I'm controlling my symptoms right now, I may or may not be controlling the disease. And that's important to remember because there's a lot of underlying inflammation that could be happening that we don't necessarily get physical symptoms from. And so that's why I think it's so important wherever you're at in your journey and whether you're on medications or you're not on medications, but to have a doctor who is monitoring you and, and watching those inflammation levels because if there's underlying inflammation, it's it's not good. <laughs> so so right now I'm I'm controlling the symptoms and everything seems to be okay. I'm in in remission and, and things are going pretty well. But even though things are going pretty well, I want to give you guys an ins some insight into what my daily life is because this past year in the pandemic, I've been working from home and honestly, it's been wonderful and not even so much the fact of that I've been able to stay away from potential exposure to COVID, but staying at home has been, had a tremendous impact on just my mental health and my physical health. Because one of the things I don't share very often is even though I'm in remission and even though I'm doing pretty good, and when I walk out of the house and I see my friends, I smile and I act like everything is great. Um, and that's a little trick I've learned over the past 20 years of having Crohn's disease is a lot of us, we just put on a smile and we don't let people see what's really going on. And so I want to share with you what my mornings look like right now and why I've enjoyed being at home over the, during the pandemic. Because even though I'm doing good, I still have, I still don't know what my intestines are going to do every day. And so I have to wake up before I leave the house. I have to wake up two, at least two hours before I go anywhere. I prefer three hours because what that does is it gives me time to wake up. My body starts to function. I get my coffee. And then maybe on a good day, maybe when I'm doing really well, I might have one actual normal looking bowel movement and that's pretty exciting when things look normal. <laughs> and I know a lot of you fellow IBD warriors probably can relate to that feeling of having a bowel movement that actually looks normal. But that's not all the time and usually that's not the way it is. And so I'll have two or three times in the morning where I'll have a bowel movement and it's it's looser sometimes it's sometimes it's very loose sometimes it's 
just all right, but it's certainly not normal looking. And I have to, and it'll happen two or three times. So maybe I have to go to the bathroom, you know, a bowel movement three times in the morning before I can leave the house. And I do that. That's why I wake up three hours before I go anywhere because it's, for me, even after all this time, I still don't want to be at work in a stall with someone next to me, um, you know, having to go to the bathroom and have urgency and, and whatnot. And, but I've learned that if I can make it through that morning, have my two or three valve movements if necessary, then my body seems to be okay for the rest of the day. And then I can function and not worry. But even then, if I do go out, you know, if I, I have my morning routine and then if I leave the house, say I go to work, I still don't eat. When I leave the house, I don't like to eat out. I don't like to eat places. I don't like to be far away from home eating. Even though I know certain foods are still my safe foods, I still struggle with, you know, what if something changes and here I am, I'm an hour away from home and and I'm I'm not in my comfort zone. So I share those things because even though day in, day out, you know, if you follow my Instagram or my blog, you might see me smiling and think, oh my gosh, you know, she's in remission and she has no symptoms and everything is, you know, perfectly normal. It might look like that, but I want to remind everyone that that's not the case. Like I still, on the inside, I still struggle every single day with what it is I'm eating, how I'm going to feel, and going to the bathroom. And it's just something that even after all this time, I can't get away from. And even though I'm technically in remission, that doesn't mean I have free license to eat what I want and do what I want. I still have the consequences of eating foods that I know are my trigger foods and, and just dealing with life every day and stress. You know, we all know that stress has a huge impact on our bodies. And for many of us, it is a a trigger for a flare up. So, you know, things look good on the outside. And granted, if I can have my two to three hours of peace and quiet in the morning, and I can have my routine of having my coffee and going to the bathroom and not being worried about anybody hearing me or being around, then I seem to be okay for the day. But that is you know, that's my current status quo, I suppose. And I don't know how long that'll last. You know, some days there's mucus in there. I have not had blood in my bowel movements for a long time. So that's a good sign, but it's not a great sign because things are not, you know, they're not normal every day. So it's just part of the things that we struggle with, with IBD. And I just want to share that, you know, even when we look great on the outside, sometimes on the inside, things are not great. (laughs) But so that's been nice for me this past year. I've been able to being at home, I wake up, I start working on the computer. And I have those couple of hours to just let my body do the process that it needs to do. And then granted, I'm still at home for the rest of the day. But I'm not really a a social person. person. And so I'm, I'm happy to be, I'm an introvert. And so I'm happy to be at home and, and the zoom meetings give me that sense of connection. And every once in a while I'll, I'll venture out, but I'm happy with the (laughs) happy how it's been. 
So the other thing that I still continue to battle with is fatigue. And fatigue for me over the past really two to three years has become a bigger issue now more than it ever has been before. Three, I think it's been about three years now, two, three years ago, fatigue got really bad for me. And I was having trouble just even walking up the stairs. I think I shared at one point that I tripped walking up the stairs because I was just so tired. Um, and I still have that fatigue, not to the same extent that it was, but my new normal, you know, people talk about a, a new normal in the pandemic. Well, my new normal for autoimmune disease <laughs> is that I feel run down pretty much every day. Many of you can maybe relate to this, but I wake up tired. And I think it's a combination of now IgA nephropathy and Crohn's disease working against me. But a lot of us with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, just the inflammatory bowel disease, we struggle with fatigue. And sometimes there's no real rhyme or reason. It's just a part of autoimmune disease. And so now I've got the two and fatigue is very real. And it's to the point where I just I feel run down a lot, that point where you feel like you're getting sick and you're on the verge of maybe coming down with something, that that kind of rundown feeling. Only I know it's my new normal because that feeling is something I've had now every single day for about six, seven, eight months now. So haven't gotten sick. <laughs> I just uh, feel like I'm run down and on the brink of feeling sick. So when I haven't been working, I've taken a lot of time to just rest. And that's been a part of the reason why the podcasts have been on pause lately. And again, I'm sorry about that. But that fatigue, I think it's important to listen to our bodies. And everyone I interview and talk with have has really talked about how it, it's a struggle to really learn to do that. We all know when our bodies start to feel run down and we know when we should be resting. But a lot of times we don't actually put ourselves first and we don't do that. And that's something that I've been actually really good at over this past year is starting to really put myself first. And so when when I feel that way, I will lay down for a bit and I will rest. And it's made a big difference in just helping me get through every single day. And it's probably why I haven't gone into a big flare-up is because I'm taking a lot of time to just rest and just lay in bed. So that's been my other challenge is just figuring out how to deal with the, fa the fatigue and get through it. And so I want to talk about fatigue and, and working out. I said in the beginning, I'm still a fitness fanatic. I still love working out, but I've had this fatigue now for so long that I simply do not have the energy to to work out for an hour straight like I used to or you know let alone two two times a day <laughs> that like I used to way back when so one of the things that I've been doing is I've talked a lot about my seller size rebounder and it's just a mini trampoline but it's a high quality mini trampoline and I love that thing I use it every single day I've continued to use it every single day through the pandemic. I'll take a day off here and there, but I'll jump on it for just 10 or 15 minutes. 
And it has been a phenomenal workout. It's kept me moving. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do when you're just jumping around. If you think back to when you're a kid and you jump on the trampoline and, and you can do kicks and jumps and all different kinds of things. And so it's helped to keep me stretching, some dynamic stretching. It gets my heart rate going, especially on days when I'm feeling good. On days I'm not feeling good, I can just do kind of a light, almost a jog on it. But but I'm in the comfort of my own home next to a bathroom if if I should need it. <laughs> so those are things that I think are important to us. And then and then I've been able to, I'll just take breaks throughout the day. I'll do 10 push-ups here and there. I'll do a set of walking lunges, you know, every couple of hours. And it's a way that I've been able to adapt and work around the fatigue to really make sure that I can take care of my body. I can still exercise. I can still do the things that I feel are important to my overall health and just taking care of myself. But I've had to adapt. And it's been interesting to kind of take a step back and and watch as I've done that over the past year to really see how I've been able to adapt and how I continue to evolve and, and just take things, you know, one day at a time. So don't be afraid to adapt. Uh, and if you're looking for a good exercise, look at the Cellar Size Rebounder. It's, it's incredible. I, I think it's one of the best things that I've been able to have with me, especially during the pandemic when we've been inside. Luckily, the vaccines are here and hopefully we're all starting to get out a little more because being out is good, too. But anyways, so so that's been my day. I want to share with you some of the other things that are a part of my life now. So exercise, yes, but it's in the form of jumping on a trampoline. My supplements, I've really whittled down, I guess. And so I still take CBD. And the CBD is something that I have personally witnessed multiple times when I've been on, when my symptoms start to act up, um, if I'm having more loose stools or more mucus, then I'll notice when I take higher doses of the CBD, it really does help my symptoms. And I've noticed it for weird skin things too. I think it's called seborrheic keratosis. It's like a little skin patch, <laughs> but um, it's made that go away. So I still believe in the CBD. It's been helpful for my symptoms. And I, I just want to reiterate that, you know, it's been good for my symptoms and may or may not be controlling the disease itself. And so I still see my doctor and I, I tell my doctor that I'm taking CBD and she's fine with it. You know, well, she doesn't tell me not to. She does tell me, you know, she said that the CBD is not shown to be have any negative effects on IBD. And if it had shown that, you know, she's very upfront. And so if there's things I'm doing, she'll tell me like, that's not a good thing for IBD. Or if there's something I'm doing, a supplement I'm taking, then she'll tell me, you know, it's, it's not shown to really do anything, but it's not hurting. So go ahead and continue. So I think it's important to have that open dialogue with your physician. And so I still do. I am excited to say that in a couple of months, we're going to be getting 
a sauna at the house. So sauna is something that I love doing. It's something I've done for years. I just don't get to do it that frequently. Um, and we have a little fitness center in the neighborhood that I live in. So I have a fitness center that's about maybe a six minute drive away from me and it has a sauna, but I still don't even get to use that very much because, you know, sometimes I'll drive down there. The sauna is not turned on all the time. It takes a while to turn it on. And so I just don't go. So I'm pretty excited that we're going to be getting an in-home sauna pretty soon. So I'll share a you know, maybe in another six months, I'll do another solo cast and share how the sauna has been treating me. But anyways, so I've kind of rambled on. I've talked about a lot of different things from the biopsy to just battling autoimmune diseases to my exercise routine now and battling fatigue and just kind of what I'm doing now and hopefully what we'll be doing. So I just in closing, I guess, I just want to remind everyone that, you know, the journey that we're each on is very individual and it's very unique and things change. There is no status quo with this disease and we have to be willing to adapt and adjust what we're doing because every day can be different and what's working today might not work tomorrow. So I think it's important to have that flexibility, I guess, to have that mindset that things are different. Enjoy the good days when they're good. And when the bad days come, it's time to look at what needs to change. So I hope uh, I hope all of you are doing well. I hope this pandemic is ending for all of us and life can resume maybe more normalcy. We'll see. But um, I do promise to get back to doing more interviews and hopefully this solo cast was fun for you to listen to and just get a, a sneak peek at how my life has been over the past year-ish. And until next time, I uh, hope it won't be too long. I'll be uh, reaching out to set up some interviews and be bringing those to you guys because as I mentioned in the beginning, the podcast really is a passion project for me. I think it's, I get so invigorated every time I listen to another person with IBD share their story. And it's just, it means so much to be able to connect with other people, to know that we're not going through these things alone, to know that a lot of the things we're feeling or thinking are things that other people are feeling and thinking too. And that we all have these challenges and we're all looking for ways to overcome them. And I think we get so much strength and inspiration from listening to each other and just learning from each other and, and finding out how one person is dealing with this disease and, and how it's affecting their journey. So it is a passion project. I love talking to the fel my fellow IBD warriors. I get so invigorated every time I do a podcast. And so I promise I will be doing more, and I'm sorry that there's been a bit of a delay in between some of the episodes I've done. So let that just be a reminder to each and every one of you out there that when you need to take the rest, go ahead and take the rest and put yourself first when you need to put yourself first. And the rest of the world is going to be there and it's going to keep turning 
and just know that we're all we're all in this together. We're all making each other stronger and we're going to keep fighting IBD one day at a time. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at crohnsfitnessfood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at crohnsfitnessfood or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.